Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning or you may be listening to us via webcast or podcast whatever the heck you call it at our website at coastalwm.com simply click on that radio icon Thank you for joining us for another edition, again, of Beyond the Business, stories of entrepreneurship and leadership from around the low country. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, here this morning, Mr. Byron Stahl. Yeah, good morning, Eric. Good, morning, good to Byron. be here. Glad to be back after being away for a week. Glad to have you back. It's like we keep switching you out. You're in, Leslie's out, Leslie's in, you're out. I know. One day we'll actually all three Maybe be Maybe one here. of these days we'll have to do one when you're not here. But we're excited <laughs> because we actually have a special guest with us this morning to help out as well, my good friend Marty Bourne. So Marty, good Saturday morning to you. Good morning, Eric. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you as well. You actually brought a friend in today who's going to be our guest that we'll talk about in a minute. So we're excited to do that. But as we always do... Uh, we want to chat a little bit about our show from last week. And, uh, Byron, since you weren't here, I guess I can't ask you to give a little feedback. But I know I, can ask I, you. I know you were traveling, no. but I also know you were sitting there listening to the show, right? No, I know. I know. You caught me. Ah, you caught me. <laughs> I was going to put you on the spot. So. Fortunately, they don't have 94.3 uh, up in upstate New York. But you know what's great about that, Byron? They we are heard podcasts. on iHeartRadio anywhere in the world true. every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30. So all you have to do is click on the internet, go to iHeart, and click on 94.3, and you can listen to us. So next click time on, on your internet. travels, check us out. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so we had A.J. Franklin on last week. He's the owner of Green Taxi here in Charleston. What a great show uh, A.J. brought to the table. And uh, really, uh, if you go back over the last two weeks, told us, you know, first story about growing up and all his background. And then last week, really gave us some insights to uh, Green Taxi. What a neat company. You know, Charleston born and bred type company. Um, really a, a, a great story of bootstrapping. So if you're out there and you're trying to bootstrap an organization day, another great uh, story for that. And uh, my takeaway, really from last week's show, there was two of them. One, just talking about how external factors can change as a business owner that impact you, you have no control over. But the question becomes, how do you react to them? And think about it, he is in the taxi business, and there's been a major change over the years called Uber and Lyft that impacted him. But to hear how they have been able to reinvent themselves and create niches and make it through that competition is really inspiring. And maybe one of the reasons is the fact that his mom also works in the business. Every single morning calls every single driver one hour before their shift to make sure they're there and they're punctual and they're ready to go for the day. So uh, I couldn't think of a better uh, cheerleader to have involved in a business than your mom. So mom, be ready. I may be calling on you here soon. Anyway, um, Byron, let's turn to today's guest. Yeah, who do we have here today? So uh, we're excited because, again, we have a friend of Marty Bourne's in the studio, Miss Anna Rinkin. And Anna is a franchise partner with Expedia Cruise Ship Centers, which is a new franchise opportunity here in the Lowcountry. Um, Anna, first of all, just good morning and welcome. Uh, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Happy Saturday. We're glad you're here this morning. Looking forward to hearing certainly all about what's going on in your business. Um, and, and if you don't mind, just so people can have a little understanding of what your business is, give us a little 20-second commercial. Well, Expedia Cruise Ship Center is a retail uh, outlet of Expedia.com. And we specialize in selling uh, cruises, but we're a full-service travel agency. Uh, we have a beautiful storefront right near Town uh, Center in Mount Pleasant. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing about it. And uh, now that I'm thinking back over five years of doing this show, I cannot remember if we've, I don't think we've ever had actually anybody from the um, travel agency world on the show. So it'd be good to have a new perspective. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing some uh, some fun and exciting stories. Byron just wants some deal on a trip. Don't yeah. let him <laughs> He's just trying to get a deal Exactly. Trip, well, so. we can get him that. Yeah. Well, but I know before we dive into beyond the business and your upbringing, I do know that you have an event next week that you want to briefly mention. We do. On, uh, on Saturday the 28th at noon, we're having our grand opening. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's a Caribbean themed opening with some great food from local restaurant Juju. Uh, oh, their food's great. It yeah. is wonderful. We're going to have, uh, anyway, great food, uh, some music, games, and good deals on travel. Wonderful. Well, we'll talk a lot more about that, particularly next Saturday. Um, but before we, uh, get any further into your business, there's a lot that goes on before you ever become an entrepreneur in life. And so let's talk about growing up in life. Where are you from originally? And give us a little sense of childhood. Oh, um, I was actually born in West Virginia, but about six months old, my Venezuelan father kind of scooped my mother up and took the family down to the interior of Venezuela. So my traveling started very early. Um, wow. He went on to work for the United Nations and we traveled around quite a bit, living in Chile. But then at, um, at about age uh, 10, I ended up in New Jersey, where I all of a sudden had kind of a normal American childhood. So I want to just dive in a little bit deeper into that. So you lived your first nine, almost 10 years in Venezuela and Chile. That's right. Walk us through what was that like growing up in South America? Well, um, of course, my memories are childhood memories. Um, one highlight, which um, I can't forget, actually, was a big earthquake uh, in Santiago, Chile, when I was probably eight years old, and I had nightmares for a long time after that. I remember being at, uh, at lunch uh, but having my roller skates on, which also added a little bit to the excitement there. Yeah, probably going through an earthquake with roller skates on is, a, no, is kind of a challenge. A little crazy, a little crazy. And so uh, reflect back on your time in, in Venezuela. I actually had the pleasure of traveling Venezuela many years ago and thought it was one of the most beautiful countries. And the people were probably some of the nicest people I've ever met anywhere in the world. It is a beautiful country. And I still have a lot of family there uh, and uh, who I'm concerned about. But it's a beautiful place, and I saw it go from being very, very prosperous uh, to the state it's in now. Um, but uh, once it, it gets back on its feet, it's a wonderful place to visit. Great people, for sure. Beautiful, wonderful people, yeah. So what, walk us through what education was like in Venezuela. What type of student were you? Were you involved in extracurricular activities? 
Well, I would say my uh, the education I remember more happened back in New Jersey. I was always very I was always very studious and quiet. I I read a lot, a bit of a bookworm, um, and I I went to a prep school for high school, which um, I loved. It was a very very small school. I think our graduating class was about ninety people. Uh, so we got to know our teachers, and and I would say that my friends, I have closer friends now from high school than I even did from college. And so as you were growing up, whether you were in South America or back in South Jersey, um, what were you thinking about in terms of when you grew up, what you wanted to be? Oh, <laughs> that's, I would say if I've had a challenge, it's focusing on what I wanted to be. So I have changed careers probably uh, every seven years, and I do something new. But I would say it's always involved um, either small business or travel in some in some degree. And do you now that you're owning a travel company look back at those young ages when you were young and moving around South America and then to the United States? Do you think any of that played a role in your love and desire for travel? Oh, absolutely. It all kind of came together uh, in this enterprise. Uh, I love to travel. This is also an opportunity for me to coach and and help other people start their own uh, travel business um, because we use independent consultants. So I enjoy that very much and certainly love the being the owner of a small business because you can use so many talents and so many parts of your brain. Yeah, that's great. And one underrated facet of what you mentioned, moving from Venezuela to Chile and then to New Jersey, mm-hmm. for education when you were 10 years old, is language. Did you grow up speaking both Spanish and English, or did you have to learn English when you moved back to the States? No, I grew up as primarily an English speaker, but my father is Venezuelan, so he spoke Spanish, and I certainly uh, spoke it when I was in school in, in Chile. So I still have an ear for it. So we know you went to school up that way. You went to Georgetown University and then on to Fordham for your MBA. Give us a little sense of uh, what your studies were about and at that point kind of where you thought the road oh. was going to lead you. Well, that was also an international focus. I studied international politics at Georgetown School of Foreign Service. And I think I had the the idea that I would go into the Foreign Service and the State Department. Um, but when I graduated, I was uh, whenever, 20 or 21. I was still a very, very young, um, almost painfully shy woman. And it I think if that opportunity had come to me 10 years later, I would have been prepared for it. But I wasn't at age 21. So I, um, I went into banking, and I worked for a Venezuelan bank in New York, uh, which then led me to go and get my MBA in finance at Fordham. So walk us through the MBA at Fordham, and then what path did that lead you down? Um, I'm going to admit to not enjoying getting my <laughs> MBA very much. Um, I think it was kind of a forced march for me because I was in banking and I thought that that's what I should do. And I did it. I was successful and I my major was finance. Um, 
But if I were to do it again, I might have done the MBA, but with a different specialization. I think I like marketing a lot more than the finance side. Um, so it served me to a certain degree, but um, I, I'm, I think I'm more creative than financial. And so did banking lead you to New York City? The, the bank was in New York City. Okay. And then after I got my MBA... I went to work for the city of New York, and even though it was city government, it was also international related. I I was the Latin American um, officer for their export promotion and reverse investment efforts. So we would help. Small- that sounds pretty important, right? Well, I was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Uh, one of one of my favorite jobs, actually. So we would help small businesses in the city um, export their products overseas. So we would travel to trade shows in Mexico and wherever with the companies and help them uh, promote their goods. And then I also looked for companies uh, in Latin America and also in Canada who might want to come to New York and open up offices there. So that would help our local uh, economy. I mean, what a great experience just to work and be around so many different types of entrepreneurs. What what types of lessons did you learn from some of these small businesses that you worked with? Well, that you might have you know applied today. It it was so. I think seeing the breadth of effort that's out there. I work with so many different kinds of companies. I remember a jewelry manufacturer, a, a leather. Um, manufacturer in New York City, which you really wouldn't expect. Also high tech. So I think I I was just so impressed by um, how hard people work starting small businesses. And even in places that don't seem to be especially suited for for their efforts. How neat is that to go through your MBA and then come right out and see real experience you know, after you had the textbook experience, right, of the MBA and, and see how it's applied. Exactly. And they're, they're miles apart. A little apart. bit different, yeah. <laughs> miles apart, yeah. And by the way, in case you just joined us, you're one whose voice that is you're listening to. That's Miss Anna Rinkin, who is a franchise partner with Expedia Cruise Ship Centers here in Charleston. And by the way, at the end of the show, we're going to allow her to give out some contact info. So if you're thinking about taking a trip or want to cruise, this is going to be a great person to talk to. And we'll make sure you get that information here uh, just in a little bit. So, Anna, as you were going through this experience in New York City, working for the city, but working with entrepreneurs, did it ever cross your mind during that time, man, one day I want to own my own business? Or did you see how hard they were working and think, no way do I ever want to own my own business? (laughs) At that time, it was a little of the latter. It really seemed daunting because a small business owner wears so many hats and has to know so many things. But but I, uh, I was impressed by them. So it took me a few years to get to the point where I thought I would run my own thing. So how long did you work for the city of New York? I was with the city for about nine years in total. Okay. I went from um, doing export promotion into more of economic development. So I worked uh, with the deputy mayor's office for, for development. Um, and and who I, was the mayor at the time, by the way? Oh, I worked, right. uh, there are actually three mayors, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Dinkins, Koch, and Giuliani. Okay. 
So and you went through a time where New York was really growing and revitalizing and a lot it, was going it on. It absolutely that was. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. was. And each mayor had his, his own philosophy on what was best for the city. And it was a privilege to contribute to that. So how long uh, were you in the, the public sector? For about for about nine years. Okay. Nine years. And once you were winding that down, uh, give us an idea of thought of kind of what was next for you on the agenda. Well, at that point, I was also raising two children. So at that point, I I took a job closer to home, and I worked in the telecom industry doing some research, which was not for me. So I taught myself how to build and design websites. So that I think that must have been my seven-year itch at that point, and I moved on to that and ended up uh, doing some uh, eventually – Internet marketing uh, for Kyocera Mita, which is a copier company. And were you working for them or kind of freelancing? Oh, no, I worked for them. Okay. I was their internet marketing manager. Okay. And so how long were you in that role? I Don't did, say seven years because that's going to get way no, too ironic. No, no I, did, I did generally internet work, uh, yeah, for about five years. So in, in light of that experience and the years prior working for the city in New York, Give us some perspective now that you can look back and say, hey, I worked for a, a huge municipality, obviously. I worked for a very large corporation uh, in respect to kind of where you are today as an entrepreneur. What lessons of life did you take away from your corporate and, and municipality experience? I would say that, I mean, personally, I think at that point I decided that it would be I would be better served personally and my family would be better served personally to work on my own, to work at home and kind of have more control over my future than you can get working with a giant corporation or with the city. So were there things from that prior experiences that sort of led up? With, like, Is there a moment or a story or an experience you had that kind of sticks in your mind? It's like this, this all led up to that moment of deciding to make a transition to the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah, I think uh, I just woke up one morning and said, uh, this has been great, I've learned a lot, uh, but I need something different. So at that point, I took what I knew and what I'd learned from um, my experience with internet marketing and started designing websites and working from home. And uh, I think it was a good decision at that point in my life. And, and what time frame was that, by the way? Um, I would say my children were uh, still pretty young, maybe in junior high school. I don't I don't recall the year. So how long were you in the internet marketing space? Because obviously you're now getting into travel agency. Was there anything in between or did you just kind of jump from internet marketing to travel? There was one other okay. venture in yeah. between. When I became an empty nester, okay. I bought a Natural Awakenings magazine franchise. So I published a magazine from my home for about six years. Wow. And it was wonderfully interesting. Published a magazine for six years out of the house. Please elaborate on that. Like, how, did you, how did you grow that business? How did you walk us through some of the lessons that you learned over six years of owning your own business? Well, I purchased an existing franchise. Okay. So I had income coming in from the beginning, which is extremely uh, helpful. Mm -hmm. And I already had clients uh, with future contracts, which is also very, very helpful. But And the publishing business is um, quite a bit of fun. I had a, a freelance staff. We all worked from our individual homes. I had a designer 
an editor and a distribution team. And I, it was wonderfully fulfilling, I think, at the end of every single month to have a physical product in my hand. So it was fun. Um, but the time came when I decided to leave New Jersey. I couldn't bring the magazine with me because it was local. Gotcha. Uh, so I sold it. Oh, wow. And I, I know you slowly moved down, but I do have the question. Where did the opportunity come from to purchase this franchise? Because... You know, people that are looking to get into entrepreneurship, there's obviously many different forms from starting your own business from scratch to purchasing a franchise where you have to build it from scratch or purchasing an existing business or franchise that already has revenue coming in that has more guardrails. Well, I was I was looking for an opportunity and I was also a reader of Natural Awakenings and I noticed on the back cover of the magazine that it was for sale. And I think two months later I was the owner and <laughs> thrown right into publishing. So sometimes the opportunity just appears, uh, you know, when you're open to it. You seem to grab it quickly, too, when it comes by, right? You don't ponder, I, you don't no, wait. I don't. I tend to, sometimes it takes a while to find an opportunity. But when I see it and it feels right, then I, I do it. And so you mentioned wanting to kind of leave New Jersey. And I'm assuming that's what led you to Charleston, South Carolina. It is. Um in our last few minutes here, to give us a little insight of how you chose Charleston out of all the wonderful places in the world to go to. I had been to Charleston several times, once for a publishing conference and a couple times on vacation, and I felt immediately at home here. I love the history and the charm of downtown, and everyone is so friendly, and it has everything really that I need in a city, but at a scale that I enjoy. So you sell... The um, franchise Natural Awakenings magazine you have, mm -hmm. leave New Jersey, come to Charleston, and say, what's next? That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> it I, yeah. And so give us uh, some insight as we're running out of time here. Um, kind of how did you come into the Expedia franchise opportunity? When I moved down here, I really considered myself uh, semi-retired. I took my time looking for things to interest me. I got bored with retirement, so I did an active search on BizBuy. I don't know, on, on the internet. I, I searched for franchises because I liked that model. It had worked for me with the magazine, and I like having a, someone in the background there supporting me. So this is, I looked at quite a few, but this is the one that felt right for me. So walk us through the franchise purchasing process. How did you find this franchise and how did you go through purchasing it? Well, walk us through that decision. Well, I, I first, I think I saw it on Biz by Sell. That's the, the website. Um, I contacted the sales team. They're based in Vancouver. Within a month or two after doing quite a bit of research and talking to them, I went to Vancouver to meet the team and was quite impressed by the support and the technology that they have in the background. And uh, I committed to do it. And I committed to do that last uh, December. And by January, I started my training. And July 1st, we opened our doors. So it was fairly, fairly fast. And of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, next Saturday, you all will be having your launch of your official grand opening. That's correct. And certainly, have been, as you said, been going since uh, July. And so as we wind down here this morning, I want to make sure we had an opportunity. If there's anybody out there listening this morning, it's like, you know what? I really would like to take a cruise. I'd like to go on a trip. 
um, certainly uh, you'd be a great outlet for them to contact. What's the best way for any of our listeners today to reach you guys? I think the best way would be to call. Call us on the phone because we're always there to answer your questions. The number is 843-823-4647. Wonderful. Well, Anna, first of all, thank you again for being here this morning and sharing your story. And uh, we're looking forward to having you back next Saturday to hear a little bit more about how all this got off the ground and some of the challenges you've probably been through and getting it started and some of your vision for the future. Thank you very much for having me. Again, Anna Rinkin, franchise partner with Expedia Cruise Ship Centers here in Mount Pleasant. You've been listening to Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3 WSC. In case you've missed any of our prior shows, want to catch up on a little binge listening to Beyond the Business, simply go to our website at coastalwm.com and click on the radio icon. And until next Saturday morning, Low Country. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.